Thanks, Brian. Uh, as uh, as Brian mentioned, uh, good morning. My name is Dave Page. I am uh, I'm one of the elders here at Trinity, and um, it is such an honor and a joy to be with you this morning. I uh, I don't think I appreciated how impactful it would be just walking back in here physically. It's been uh, I counted 175 days since I've been in this building, um, and I walked up this morning and I saw. Mary Ellen and Dave and Laura, and I was just, I was like just impacted. It is good to be in the presence of God's people. Throughout this year, um, I have been kind of contemplating this, this theme of gratitude um, because we have so much to be grateful for. And it, it's just something that God keeps bringing up to my uh, mind and my heart, and it's something that I want to uh, share with us this morning. My... Um, my year kind of started off with, with a lot to be grateful for. In February, Sarah and I, um, for those that I haven't caught up with, last time you saw her, she was very large. Um, we did welcome our third boy, uh, Ben, uh, in February. Um, now, this, uh, this was right before COVID kind of really hit. And so at the time, we didn't really fully appreciate how much we had to be grateful for in being able to come home and not have to, to worry about a lot of that mess. But... Um, you know, the reason I'm bringing this up is I, I need to give you a little um, insight into to Dave Page in the delivery room. Um, so for anybody who's not aware, childbirth is very intense, just for me. Um, you know, not to mention, you know, women are much tougher than men. I mean, let's be honest. My wife was um, basically in labor, and she walked half a mile to the hospital with this last one. Um, so it's, it's this incredibly intense experience um, you have this heightened sense of awareness. There is a little bit of anxiety about what to expect. Um, as a father, you have this anticipation of being responsible for a new life. And uh, on top of that, um, I have a tendency to pass out at the sight of blood. Um, so this was a big worry when our, um, when our first was born five years ago. Um, you know, what's going to happen? We had to tell all the doctors and nurses. Um, my plan was basically... You know, I, I did everything I needed to do. I cheered. I, I cut cords. I was told to be quiet. Yeah. Um, but my, my game plan was basically to stare at the wall and don't take my eyes off the wall. Because if you, you know, if you're me, don't look where you know you shouldn't be looking. You don't get yourself in trouble. Um, so long story short, we miraculously made it through that. We have three wonderful boys, and Daddy was three for three with not passing out. I, I tell you this because this latest iteration with Ben, or my third time going through this, um, I just had a much greater sense of peace and, and confidence. Um, you know, I had, I had been through this path before. I knew what to expect start to finish. Um, but most importantly, God had shown me through these previous experiences his goodness and his faithfulness. And so I was able to be grateful for what God had done and use that to project hope for the future. And that's kind of the crux of, of what I want to talk about today, because this is the lesson that I'm still trying to learn as I navigate 2020. It's, it's remembering and being grateful for God's past faithfulness, so that we remember when we encounter these trials that he is with us, and he will continue to sustain us. 
So gratitude for what God has done gives us hope for what God will do. Some of the most challenging verses in the Bible for me are in Paul's wrap-up in his first letter to the Thessalonians. And, and before I touch on the actual verses, as a bit of context, uh, we refer to this book of First Thessalonians, um, but it was really a letter written by Paul to this early church um, in uh, the city of Thessalonica. Um, it was a city that Paul visited and preached in during his second missionary journey. Um, an interesting fact, Thessalonica is still a city in Greece. It's actually the second biggest city after Athens. Maybe a lot of you knew that. I didn't know that. Um, but as, as many were in the first century, this, this church was under persecution. Uh, and to give an indication of the state of affairs, here's how Luke recounts uh, Paul's visit in, in Acts 17. Uh, this was right after Paul preached in the, in the city synagogue. It says, Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. But other Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other believers before the city officials, shouting, These men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here, and Jason has welcomed them into his house. They were all defying Caesar's decree, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. They then made Jason and the others post bond and let them go. As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. So in visiting Thessalonica, uh, Thess Thessalonica at the time, Paul and his companion Silas were slandered and run out of town. And this community of believers was harassed by the local government for even associating with them. As a follow-up, when Paul greets the Thessalonians in the opening of his letter, he, he recognizes the difficulties that they've continued to experience. He writes in verses 4 through 6, For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. The Thessalonians were joyfully responding to the gospel, even in the midst of severe suffering. So part of Paul's intention in writing this letter was to provide comfort and encouragement to those who are navigating these incredibly difficult trials. And an element of that encouragement comes in the back half of chapter 5, where Paul ends up providing kind of a handful of reminders for, for practical living, how the, the Thessalonians should be living in anticipation of Christ's return uh, in the midst of these struggles. And th this is where I want to focus for us this morning. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, be grateful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is Paul's message to a persecuted, suffering, young community of believers. Rejoice always, pray continually, be grateful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I don't know how that would have landed in the first century when that letter was kind of circulating around, but... 
Like, I find that kind of a rather insensitive, really tough word to hear for folks that are under duress. And so it gets me thinking about how, how is this relevant for us today? Um, I mean, I don't have to tell you all, 2020 has been quite a year. Um, I, I keep saying these words. It is an unprecedented and unique season. And just because those terms are overused doesn't mean that they're any less true. Um, and, and I think every one of us has been touched in, in one way or another, um, whether it's through health struggles, um, you may have lost family or friends to, to the pandemic. Um, there's economic hardship that's pretty widespread. You may have lost your job, reduced hours. There's a lot of food insecurity. Um, for families who are navigating the school system and, and childcare, there's just so much uncertainty about what, what's going to happen. Um, our country continues to be plagued uh, with issues of racial injustice. Um, across the world, we have hurricanes, mudslides, um, you know, wildfires, and, and the list just goes on. And kind of hovering over all of this that has happened is this silent anxiety about what's around the corner? What's next? What is the fall going to bring? Rejoice always, pray continually, be grateful in all circumstances isn't a message for me that really jives with 2020. Um, you know, maybe Paul will give us a pass to 2021, I don't know. But um, of course he won't. Um, as hard as this is to hear, it is still God's desire. It's his will for us that we do so. The exhortations in these verses don't minimize or, or ignore our situational realities. But what Paul is saying is for those who proclaim Christ, we can still and we are in fact called to rejoice and be grateful as we journey through the trials that come our way. And so again, I recognize that this is a, this is a challenging word to hear, but I want us to wrestle with a little bit this morning what this means to us and how we apply it to our lives. Um, as we look to digest these words for us in 2020 in New York City or wherever you may be watching from, we need to take note of, of two key features of how the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write these verses. And the first observation is that the verbs are written in the present tense. Rejoice, pray, be grateful. These were not one-time commands for a particular time, place, or people. These were directives that Paul expected the church to continue to live out as they moved forward. The second observation is there's no ambiguity around when or how uh, we as Christ followers are expected to act on these directives. Paul is, is pretty black and white. Rejoice always does not mean raise a hallelujah when you get an afternoon free from your kids or you ace your quarantine sourdough recipe. Um, although we did have one recently that was top notch. Um, but rejoice always. Pray continually does not translate to, I'll pray when schedules align in my house perfectly so that I have uh, this dedicated, perfect, quiet time in solitude. But it means pray continually. 
Be grateful in all circumstances does not be thankful for the successes and just kind of bite my lip and smile and grin when, when life starts to go pear-shaped. But be grateful in all circumstances. Paul's message is, is just as relevant and just as challenging for us today. Um, because he's saying that our joys, our joy, our prayers, and our thankfulness should not be contingent upon our current situation. They will, of course, be informed and contextualized and impacted by them, but they cannot be dependent on our circumstances. And why is because this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. Circumstances are ever-changing. Every day brings new challenges, ups and downs, ebbs and flows. And so if these were based on our circumstances, it would be impossible. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He was the same in 2019 as he is in 2020, as he will be in 2021. Jesus is the same pre-pandemic as he is in the pandemic, as he will be after the pandemic. So, as I mentioned, I, this concept of gratitude keeps kind of coming up for me. And so, I want to focus in on, on verse 18 and look at kind of three themes that underpin how we can kind of root ourselves and grasp this uh, this gratitude in all circumstances. The first is recognition of and appreciation for God's sovereignty. Our, our human nature tends to focus on everything that we cannot do or do not have or cannot control or the limitations that are imposed. Um, I, I don't know how many people would articulate it this way, but I think one of the most difficult aspects of, of especially these last six months, is, is how little control we have over so many parts of our lives. Um, and it's, it's, it's a feeling that can instill a lot of anxiety and fear. Um, and so if that's you right now, don't raise your hand. But I especially want you to listen to what the psalmist writes about the power and intentionality of God in, in the 33rd Psalm. The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of him. For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. This is our God, and he is in control. So if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, or, or even if you're not, just pause with me for a moment, and let's, let's praise God that he is still in control. He is still on his throne. He is sovereign over this world that he created with a word. And let us rest in confidence that our God was, is, and will con continue to be far greater and mightier than any issue that we encounter. Gratitude for what God has done gives us hope for what God will do. The, the second thing I want us to, to notice is that, um, or the second theme that helps kind of inform our gratitude is God's provision in times of need. Uh, we stated before that our gratitude cannot be dependent on, but it is flavored by, by the circumstances and what happens in our day-to-day. -day. 
Um, and if we take time to, to reflect on our, our situation, regardless on the, the downsides and the limitations we see, God still provides incredible opportunities to be joyful and prayerful and grateful that we wouldn't have otherwise had. Just the, the instance that Brian just talked about, the opportunity that was created, the need that was created by this pandemic and how the church of Jesus Christ rose up to meet that is an opportunity that, that wouldn't have happened outside of COVID. Looking back at his, um, at chapter one of his first letter to the Thessalonians, Paul greets these readers that he's, he's writing to this way. We always thank God for you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, this church was facing severe suffering, and yet God enabled them to accomplish faithful work, loving deeds, and provided this, them with this enduring hope. And as I was, as I was reflecting on um, the ways that God has provided an enduring hope for me in this season, a, a few examples came to mind. Um, and, and I'm sure, I, I hope everyone has kind of their own little stories here, but um, I, I realized that I'd never, this is probably part confession, I had never prayed so fervently and consistently for the health of my friends and family as I did in this time. I remember the, the joy that I had, um, it must have been back in April, um, the first time that we, uh, we streamed uh, Sunday service at, uh, at home and I saw uh, Dave and Lisa and Heidi leading worship. And while I've only seen a sliver of the efforts and the sacrifices that have gone into it, I am overflowing with such deep appreciation for, for Brian and the Trinity staff and all the volunteers that have made like being here possible right now. Um, and you know, just other praise reports. Congrats, Dave and Anis. Woohoo! My, my point in mentioning these is that I know from experience that in the midst of these less than ideal conditions, God may not change the situation, but he can still use them to create something incredibly beautiful that brings glory to his name. Our hearts just need to be poised to, to receive and, and be aware of that joy and be grateful for it. Gratitude for what God has done gives us hope for what God will do. The third theme that, that strengthens our gratitude uh, is a perspective that flows out of a heart forever changed by the eternal assurance that God offers us. And this is, this is really the underpinning foundational uh, element for these verses. Because this heart of gratitude is not sourced from just a positive mindset or constantly seeing the silver lining in, in things. The ability to be grateful in all circumstances, by definition, must transcend our circumstances. And it's rooted in the good news of Jesus. Only by grasping the depth of our brokenness before a perfect God can we begin to understand the gap that God reached across to be in relationship with us. And when we begin to kind of glean how our attempts at righteousness are, are simply filthy rags, the natural response in our heart is, is humility in front of this, this perfect 
generous God. And when we meditate on the, the gravity of God's sacrifice, there are no words but to say, thank you, Lord, as we overflow in gratitude. No matter our present situation, nothing changes the fact of what Jesus has done for us. God still sent a Savior, his Son, to lead a sinless life. To be offered as a sacrifice for our brokenness, bearing our sins as he anguished and died on the cross. Rising to glory on the third day to be seated at the right hand of his Father. Nothing can change that. Nothing, no circumstance out there can undo that. Regardless of what happened to you or me today, nothing can reverse what he has accomplished. Christ is still on his throne. And for those that proclaim Jesus as Lord and Savior, our salvation is sealed. If you're watching this morning or you're here this morning and you're still trying to figure out this, this church thing, um, you know, what does Jesus mean for me? I'm so glad that you're listening. And I'm so glad that you're here. And I just, I pray that you open your heart to allow the Spirit to, um, to just speak to you in this time. Because Jesus' invitation is open to you as well. Paul states it uh, this way in, in Romans 8 when he says, um, <clears throat> in talking about this, this assurance that we have, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this is the foundation which enables Paul to write these profound challenges to the Thessalonians and to us. The joy and the gratitude that Paul's talking about is rooted in this truth. Nothing that is in existence can separate us from the love that God demonstrated to us through his death and resurrection. This is what equips us to be grateful at all times, in all circumstances. Because gratitude for what God has done on the cross gives us hope for what God will do. So in a few minutes, we're, we're going to walk out that door. We're going to turn off the live stream. What difference does this make um, in our lives today, tomorrow? Um, how do we drive this home and make this tangible? Um, I typically like to, to give us a solid action point. So um, here's my ask for us this week, my challenge It'll only take three to five minutes a day. Put a reminder on your phone. Take a moment to write down, to document three things that you're grateful for each day. And pray those back to God. And praise him for his goodness in the midst of trial. Praise him for his ability to enable us to be grateful in all circumstances because of what Jesus has done. And if you want some extra credit, share it with someone. Testimonies of gratitude, especially in this season, are tremendous opportunities to share the good news. And there are so many people who need to hear it. You know, we don't, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know if everything is going to get back to normal. But we know that God loves us. And he is with each of us, and he has promised never to leave us or forsake us. So today, remember that God's past faithfulness and blessing during challenges in light of the experience of God's saving grace 
and his eternal assurance to us through a, a relationship with Christ. Let me leave you with, um, with one last thought. You know, people so often, and this is outside of pandemic times, people are so often asking, like, you know, what is God's will for my life? What is God's will? And, and there are a lot of facets to that, and that's a whole other sermon series. Um, but if you're wondering that today, start here. Because Paul tells us with certainty that God's will for us is to rejoice always, pray continually, and be grateful in all circumstances. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for the gift of your son. And I thank you that it empowers us to navigate these these challenging waters in a way that glorifies you and stands out from the world. Lord, as we leave today, um, help us to be rooted in the truth that you love us and you do not leave us. By God's grace and for his glory, may you equip us to live that out today and moving forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, everyone.